I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family. Thank you for joining in to, for today's episode of Live Your Best Life with, of course, Mila's right. And I have the privilege of being able to have a conversation today with one of my favorite people on the planet. He's an international author, well-loved author, speaker. Uh, he is the lead translator of the Passion Translation version of the Bible, which I use every day. I absolutely love it. I just find that I... I as I'm reading that translation of the Bible of the heart of God. And so I totally recommend that you, if you haven't already, that you try it out. And so he's a man of such love and his deep relationship with Jesus and love for Jesus and love for people is literally touching lives, transforming lives all over the world. So it is my absolute joy and honor to welcome into today's conversation with me, Dr. Brian Simmons. Brian, welcome. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much. What a joy to be with you again. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. We had the treat of having Brian speak on our international mentoring community just a few weeks back, just before Christmas. And it was just the most powerful message. So I actually invited Brian to speak um, on that same subject today. So we're going to have a conversation around this profound revelation that Brian has received from the Lord through as he was walking through a difficult time, which is often the backstory of the revelation that we get from Jesus, isn't it? There's usually a story <laughs> behind us discovering something more of who our amazing God is. And so, Brian, I wanted to start by the conversation by asking you to clear up um, a misconception from the word of God that has come through, a, a, that I think misrepresents the Lord quite profoundly in the wrong way. Um, and so it's come through a mistranslation of the Greek word translated now into English as the word wrath. So it, I think it that mistranslation puts a lens on us when we read the scripture that causes us to completely misunderstand the heart of our God. So, and I know that you have studied this as obviously a man who is deep in, in knowledge of the scripture. And so I thought you would be a very good person to ask if you can help us clear up this misconception and bring some clarity around this. Well, God has all kinds of emotions. You know, he created us as, as uh, in his image, and his likeness. So we're going to have a component of the emotions of God in our heart. And wrath is the uh, Greek word orge, O-R-G-E. And it really means burning passion. And it's been, uh, it's easily to understand that God's anger would be burning passion for what's right and for what's pure and holy but whenever we come across that Greek word orge, we really need to think about God's heart on fire about something. You know, everything about God is hyper. <laughs> People are so concerned about hyper grace. But, you know, everything about God is hyper. Uh, hyper love, hyper grace, hyper compassion. And yes, when he's angry, God, as we see in the scriptures, he has a burning anger. But the, the title of God, nowhere does it say God is wrath or that he's the God of wrath. No, he is love and he is a God 
of mercy, the God of comfort. So, you know, we've got to understand when we come to relate to this beautiful God that he healed us. And we've got to accept what he says about himself and what Jesus has taught us about his father. And the most beautiful, perhaps most beautiful word in the New Testament, as Jesus taught us to pray, is our father. And to call God father, with that comes the emotional attachment that every father has to a loving daughter, a loving son. And I've had, I've been, you know, graced with three beautiful children and uh, one of them is about to turn 50. I know. Uh, but uh, I, I love them like I've never loved them before. And if I keep talking about it, I'm going to cry because I, I, my heart is passionate for them. I want everything about them to be happy, to be successful, to be fruitful in God and, and I delight in seeing them walk with Jesus Christ. So the Heavenly Father, he, uh, to call him the God of wrath or to uh, project on him uh, a fiery anger against God's people, is, is, it's a form of blasphemy because we're distorting who God really is. God so loved the world. And what that so loved means is he loved the world this much that he gave his precious son. I mean, a father let go of his son to demonstrate love and compassion to us. And then Jesus, the son, says, I didn't come to judge the world. So for anybody to think we're in a time of judgment, they're mistaken. We're in the time of grace. Jesus didn't come to judge the world until he comes back we will leave judgment in his hands. He came to save the world and to deliver us from the fear of uh, bondage, the fear of slavery to a religious tradition that's not rooted in the heart of God. So every time we peel back layers of, of the New Testament, and these are all hidden in the old, they're there in the old, but it's it's made explicit and, and amplified and magnified in the New Testament. So when we see a, a new revelation of God's heart, it should cause us to bow even lower in worship and to break our alabaster box and, and to worship at his feet because God is love and he's the God of all comfort. Yeah. Ooh, that brings me, that's just profound, Brian. That brings me on to actually perfectly my next question, because I would love you to just share with everybody that's joining us right now, just the revelation that you've been experiencing, Brian, about our God of comfort, which I know you shared intimately before with us, or, you know, very vulnerably about you, you know, you and Candice, you've gone through a hard time with Candice having to have the surgery. And so yeah. you were really pressing into the Lord for for some help and 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 what he's done through the midst of it has just birthed this whole area of revelation and experience for you like another deeper level so that I think is so important for everybody right now so can I just ask you will you just share a little bit about it yeah I'd love to and and as you mentioned uh I my heart just got so burdened to comfort my wife in her pain yeah. uh, for for weeks I was up during the night uh, getting ice for her leg and she had a knee replacement and the surgery 
there were some complications that we didn't find out until a little bit later. So the, the pain was really excruciating for her. And, and I just said, God, help me. How do, how do you comfort? How do you pour out your comfort? And he just opened up a realm to me that I felt like I never read the Bible before because it's all in the scripture. But he showed me back in the Old Testament that the Messiah would come and one of the significant ministries he would have, I call it the forgotten ministry of Jesus. You know, he heals the sick, he raised the dead, he makes lepers walk, blind to see. But it also says, Isaiah and quoted in Luke 4, that he comes to comfort those who mourn. He comes to comfort the comforting ministry of Jesus. So I said, Lord, teach me. Teach me the comforting ministry of Jesus. And he began to show me things that, you know, that the, the comfort he has is like a mother comforts her child, like a father comforts a child. There is a parental love in God that is drawn to the whimper of our heart. He is moved. There's a tractor beam of love that our cry and our sigh has to God, and it pulls him to us. You know, our tears are liquid words, and he reads every one of them. He interprets with the groaning of our heart that we can't even put into words at times. And the Holy Spirit, who is also called the Comforter, he yeah. is there to, to interpret and to cry out with us, Abba. And, you know, I know I'm speaking now to some that are going through severe hardship trial. It could be financial. It could be an unresolved health matter. It could be a relationship that has disintegrated. It, it could be a child that or grandchild that has wandered from your heart and from God's heart. Whatever that is, there is a comfort of God like the the good Samaritan is Jesus Christ. He comes and pours oil and wine upon our wound. He bandages us. Then he puts us upon his own. You know, he takes us, transports us by grace to that, uh, that holy hospital of his love. And he'll make sure that we are comforted, cared for, and protected throughout that vulnerable season. So as he began to show me he said, well, how do, I asked him, how do I best comfort a person in pain? And I, I didn't get an answer. It was like, and then all of a sudden I saw all the funerals that I had done. And I've done many as a pastor for years. I did so many funerals and, and I took delight in none of them, but uh, it was my, you know, uh, clerical realm to do that. So as I thought about those funerals, I thought the most important thing I could do as a pastor to comfort someone is just to be there. I don't have to say a lot. Matter of fact, words can distract. And the presence, my presence as a spiritual father, uh, entering into their pain, uh, wiping a tear from my eye in their presence, that was the comfort that they really needed. And of course, I could share scripture I could, uh, you know, I could bring a memory that I had of that loved one and, and and comfort them with that. But the most important thing of Jesus' comforting ministry is that he's just with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. 
He's with us in our joys. He's with us in our grief. And he's with us in that discomfort that we feel in life's pressures. So, yeah. so many scriptures, you know, Liz, that, that flooded my heart during that season. Um, the comfort of his love in Philippians 2, Paul writes, you know, is there any comfort in his love? And I thought, that, that yes, the comforting love of God when others break promises, maybe they reject you or even slander you. There is a comfort in the love of a God that will never leave you. And he's always available. He's uh, accessible. The kingdom of God is at hand. That means you can reach into it at any moment and pull in that comfort. And then, of course, the classical, uh, I, I know I'm talking a lot here, but the classical. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> Yeah. The, the one passage yeah. that you have to go to when it comes to comfort is Second Corinthians chapter one, where it, it says that uh, all praise belongs to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for He is the Father of tender mercy. He's the Father of tender mercy. That would, in Hebrew, that would back translate to rakam, and rakam is the word compassion but it's also the word for womb, a mother's womb, a woman's womb. So God has a womb love, a compassion, tender compassion for us, and the God of endless comfort. Wow, he always comes alongside of us. There it is, there's his presence to comfort us in every suffering mm -hmm. so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial, like I had to with, with my darling wife, we can bring them this same comfort. So when he pours yeah. it into you, it's so that you will be a comforter to release it to others. And as we experience the abundance of Christ's sufferings, even more comfort will cascade upon us through our union with Christ. I love that. Oh, Liz. Beautiful. The forgotten ministry of Jesus. Yeah. And I believe uh, shepherds and women and men of God that are anointed to bring comfort, comfort my people, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 1. There's going to be messengers of comfort and hope that will distill the darkness, dispel the darkness, and, and bring a greater light into this uh, these last days we're stepping into. Yeah, these, I love it. And it was something else that you said when you were on with us, you know, when you were speaking in the IMC, and you said, don't let your pain be wasted. Remember that everything that you go through in life is ultimately a gift to others. As, as you, like you've just said, as you receive the comfort of God, we then are able to give away that comfort to others, aren't we? And the compassion and the mercy and the kindness we've just experienced. I love that. Nothing is wasted ever, is it? God translates pain into comfort when yeah. we walk with him through it. And, and that what you're saying, yes to everything, that all our sorrow, all our suffering, ask Joseph, you know, who was in a, a pit and a prison, before he made it to the palace, all that we go through is so that we could extend this joyous, buoyant comfort of hope. And yeah. God has this. God, this is the last chapter of your life has not been written. So don't think that this is the last chapter. This is just a page that's going to turn 
and the comfort, joy, and hope of the gospel is going to be written on every paragraph of your future. Yeah, and I love it. You're, you're so right, Brian. It's like his presence, in his presence, his presence is the primary that we receive his comfort and his love because it's his person. And I know I've walked through, as you have, you know, as we all have, you know, you walk through very intense seasons, very hard seasons in life, things that in your own strength, you would fall apart, you know, and you just can't get through. And then, and yet he will carry us. He will carry us. You know, it's like that, that beautiful poem footprints, isn't it? You know, you look back <laughs> in your life and and say, why is there any one set of footprints, Lord, when I was going through the most difficult times? And he said, it's then that I carried you. And it's true, isn't it? In the arms of his, like you say, I love your translation in the Passion Translation, your the wraparound presence. Yeah. His wraparound presence is life, isn't it? Is comfort, is peace, is the strength we need. I've had experiences in life, as I'm sure you have, where, you know, obviously with your beautiful Candice recently, where it's excruciating to watch somebody you love in mm. agony and you can't fix it, you know? But then his comfort comes, his presence is there, he fills you again and everything changes. It's like the external circumstances of our life, the physical realm loses its impact. It loses to being the strength and the influence in that moment, doesn't it? Uh, when he comforts us, it's a revelation of who he is. He, yeah. He's showing us something here, the tenderness of God, there is a side of God that is so tender. I mean, I don't want to say a side, the, the heart of God, everything about God is tenderly devoted to his beloved people and Jesus Christ, of course, to his beloved bride. You know, even the rod and staff, they comfort me. And, and I, I want to make a quick comment about that scripture. Psalm 23 is going to be so highlighted this year in 2023. And that, that scripture, the rod and the staff, they comfort me. So expect comfort coming from the presence of your shepherd. The, the wrong concept of rod needs to be straightened out. And if you'd allow me, I'd like to take 30 seconds and straighten yes. that out. Yes, please. Please straighten us out from wrong theology. <laughs> the rod is a, to hit the enemies of the flock, not the sheep. He would never beat the sheep with a rod. No. The staff gently leads and the rod protects you from the past, from the enemies that would try to encircle you, from fears uh, of your heart. That's what the rod is for. So it's the rod isn't coming against you. The rod comforts us because we see, wow, my shepherd is a fierce protector. He's going to make sure that all these dark forces uh, are held at bay. And his staff, they come from, rod and staff, that's his leadership, his guidance, his wisdom to take me the right paths. They bring me comfort. Yeah, just it's profound. And I actually believe that as he's bringing us all forth as love, you know, the great unveiling of Christ is underway in the midst of us. The bride's beginning to shine and we're actually coming forth a little bit more as oh. love aligned into our divine nature. Right? I actually think we're going to start to see um a different expression in the prophetic around the world where we're much more by his grace connected to his heart and bringing this kind of message where we are because he so wants to be known as the God of comfort, doesn't he? I mean, it's the first thing he said, right, when he stood up and revealed his reason for coming to planet Earth and quoted Isaiah 61. He said, this is who I am. First and foremost, this is who I am for you. He He's the great healer of trauma. He doesn't want us to go one more day 
carrying pain that we should not carry. He wants to, you know, sweep away the the, the fog of confusion. What am I doing? Where Where's my value? What am I meant to do with my life? He wants us to be established in that love and strengthened by his love. And so many times, David, you know, he's kind of my, um, the go-to human that I consider in a relationship with God. And I think of David, how many times he was encircled by his enemies. He was uh, rejected by, uh, gosh, everybody at times. He was, uh, you know, attacked by a demonized king who hired paid assassins to go and kill David and hunted him like an animal. And yet, what spilled out of his heart? But, you know, he may begin a psalm saying, God, where are you? But by the end of the psalm, he's, he's singing beautiful praises to God. And I think that reflects our, our life journey. We go through initial shock of what's happening to us. Why is Why did the finances dry up? Why did that person break a commitment to me? Or why are the relationships all shifting in this season? From that shock, we come back to our center, which is the comfort of God, and then we sing his praises again. So I have to confess, one of my one of my secrets of uh, finding joy and comfort uh, all the way back to the time when we were in the jungle and abandoned, literally, and uh, our daughter nearly died. I could go on and on about the stuff we went through, but what helped me, sustained me, was David's Psalms to find the comfort when I don't know what to do. I read a Psalm. Do you know what? I was actually just going to ask you that. I was going to say to you what, yeah. So you've asked, you've answered my question really. I was going to say to you, what do you do? Like what, what are a few things that you do to keep re-centering yourself back into the presence in the midst of crisis? Obviously Psalms going into the Psalms is one of them because you re- reconnect with the Lord's heart there. So are there other things that you've found that really help? Because you have walked through some immense, I mean, obviously you've had, you know, you've almost died several times and just the stories I know from your life, you know, you really, you know the Lord in a very deep way because of what you've walked through, I'm sure. So can you give us a few, like, how do you stay encountering him in the midst, experiencing him in the midst of, you know, stuff? Yeah, there's there's a number of ways, but let me just kind of continue on that one with the word because mm, mm. I'm, I'm kind of a word person. I mm, memorized me uh, a number of books of the New Testament when I first was converted, and and so the scriptures themselves bring me life. It's the breath of God; they're God breathed. So, you know, I I ponder and meditate on the scriptures until I feel the wind on my face, until I feel the breath blow upon me. And I know that I've, I've touched God through his word. Uh, so the scriptures, if you don't know what to do and you're, you're lost, confused, come back to the father's heart and to the words he's already spoken over you. The Psalms are a great place. Songs. Wow. We haven't even gone there mm-hmm. of that, that the love of a, of a bridegroom for us but then another way is is solitude and silence. I think uh, the meditative arts of, of just of practicing the presence of God. And uh, I had a friend just tell me today, he said, 
uh, every morning I, I get into my secret place with the Lord and I put a chair right next to me, empty chair. And there he communes with his beloved. And I, I thought, oh, that that's cool. You know, we can do so many things like that. Taking communion is another way of just remembering the, the blood of Jesus, that he loves us more than his blood. He could look at you and say, your loving kindness is better than my life. He gave it for you. And his body, the body of our Lord Jesus, we literally feast. Oh, my, I'm going there now. Uh, <laughs> I can feel we, it. I feel his presence getting very thick. <laughs> we, we mingle. We co-mingle. We become yeah. one, the union of our soul. And, and the doctrines of men are always going to try to divide asunder what mm -hmm. God joins together. But to come into that union, we're already one, but to, to say, Lord, make it real to me. Let me experience it. So we, I have the word of God and then solitude, meditative solitude, and then verbalizing our prayers where we, we let it spill out of our lips and it will rise up and the Holy Spirit will attach to our words and magnify them into the heavenly courts and, and God's heart will be moved. I'm kind of a visual person too. So I, I, I see myself on the sea of glass. I don't think I ever told you this, but uh, taken into the sea of glass one day and, and I was praying, kneeling on the sea of glass. I was there and every prayer I prayed, like a split second later, an echo was right next to me. And I turned in this encounter, I turned and it was Jesus kneeling with me, praying my prayers. And he asked me, would you be my prayer partner, Brian? So becoming that prayer partner, uh, that was mm, over 30 years ago. And I've made that my identity that, uh, of course, I'm a dad, granddad, Bible translator, but my identity is I'm a prayer partner with Jesus. I want to mingle my heart with his so that my prayers become his echo and that he's not ashamed to call me his beloved, his brother. So yeah. Just. That, those are some of the on-ramps of intimacy. And of course, being vulnerable yeah. uh, to uh, confess, acknowledge, Lord, we don't need to like uh, condemn ourselves. That's never, that's religion. That's, that's not the spirit of God because mm -hmm. the spirit always lead us to Christ. But when we come into the front door of the chamber room, we immediately see like the Shulamite, I'm dark, I'm undone. Until we hear him say, you are lovely. We have that moment of, of just dealing with our things and, and putting aside the ways of this world and distractions and say, Lord, you're my everything. I come to your cloud-filled chamber to, be, to meet your need, to satisfy your heart today. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Brian, just beautiful, beautiful. There's so many <laughs> directions just from what you said I want to go in, but we are almost out of time for now. <laughs> we'll have to do part two. Brian, can I, it's just beautiful what you've shared, really beautiful. And there is nothing more important in life. Is there, to, to me, there's nothing more important than, than being able to walk with Jesus, one heart, one mind, like you said, prayer partners with Jesus that co-reigning life of knowing 
what matters to the Lord in that moment and sharing what matters to you and knowing from that place of intimacy that what you come in agreement with Jesus for is going to happen, is going to manifest. I mean, there's just nothing more beautiful, is there? Nothing more beautiful we can experience in life. So beautiful. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. And so I'm just about to start a whole other conversation with you. Can I, can I ask you to pray for everybody, Brian? I'd love to. Let's pray, friends. Father in heaven, my delight, my King, my, my God, my Father, we thank you that you identify yourself as the God of all comfort. You promise to comfort us in every single suffering, every single disappointment and trial. I ask for the release of heaven's, oh, heaven's comforting oil to pour now into the wounds, into the grief, into the, the deep need of our hearts. Lord, wrap your glory around us. Show us that you have never left us. You've never forsaken us and you never will. We turn to you, our Father in heaven. We say thank you for the many, many times you have comforted us. You have strengthened us. You have encouraged us. You sent a person to speak a word at just the right time to us. And I pray that my words today will be that apples of gold and settings of silver, that a word fitly spoken for someone in need today of the comfort of heaven. Lord, I thank you. Uh, show them how important and, and uh, beautiful they are in your eyes, Lord. And I thank you for Liz Wright and her ministry and the calling upon her and her community, Lord. Let it increase. Let that tribe flourish and increase throughout the world. And we commit our hearts to you and our, our future to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. We agree. We agree. And I just really felt strongly in my spirit as you are uh, praying then, Brian, for everybody, that you are predestined to saying this to all of you. You are predestined to know the heart of Jesus to know his heart, to experience his heart and to reflect his heart. You are being brought forth, fashioned and formed as his perfected image. And that is the intention of his heart. That's the purpose of heaven. That's the purpose of your life, ultimately, to know him, to partner with him, to reflect him. And nothing is that process and all things are working into conformity with the counsel of his will to bring you to that fullness. And so we agree. Amen. Amen that you will know him to this next level of the experiencing his love today. Amen. 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 And go forward so more secure than you ever have been in your life. So Brian, amen. Brian, thank you so much. It's just always such a joy to talk to you. I'm all, I always expand in knowledge of who God is when I listen to you. Thank you, dear friend. Thank you. And guys, thank you for tuning in and giving us your precious time today. Have the most amazing week growing in the love of Jesus. Hi, if you really enjoyed today's show and you want to go deeper with Jesus and experience his love and his presence more than you ever have, then I have a present for you, a free gift. If you want to jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and just click on and sign up, then you will receive one of my teaching videos that I have created especially for you that will not only give you a few keys just very, very quickly that you can uh, utilize in your daily walk with the Lord 
um, but also I'm going to take you there as well. So it's an activation. So yeah, so jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and you are going to be so blessed. <laughs>